Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Friday, March the 17th, 2023. It is currently 7.53 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Open your Bibles to John chapter 8. Open your Bibles to John chapter 8. And as you're opening your Bible, are you hearing this sound? Are you hearing this sound? John chapter 8. Are you hearing this sound right here? You hear all of that? That's me opening a Bible. There's John 5. There's John 6. There's John 7. And there is John 8. Are you hearing that kind of sound as you're opening your Bible to John chapter 8? Is that is that the sound that you are hearing? Is that the experience you're having? You're touching an actual Bible. You're touching pages. You're turning pages, or are you experiencing and hearing this? John chapter 8. I know I'm laughing because you probably you can't hear anything. John chapter 8. Here we go. John chapter 8. All right. Bible. John 5. John. John 8. There we are. I'm at John chapter 8. Now, you, you, I, I know that that doesn't work so good. That's probably not the best way to try to demonstrate it in an audio format. But obviously, one of those was a physical Bible. And the other thing, I just picked up my iPad, and I know you couldn't hear anything. Can you hear that? Okay. Can you, I, I don't know if you can hear that. I don't, I don't know if you can hear that. Uh, hang on. Let me close that out. Let me close that out. Uh, I don't that that doesn't work so good trying to demonstrate it but it's a it's my bible app it's one of many bible apps and it's John chapter 8 now I couldn't do I can do this John 8 Jesus went unto the mount of olives and early in the morning he came again to the now that's one thing you can do with a a bible app that you can't do with your you see a physical bible you actually have to read it versus a bible app you can actually have someone read it for you but there's other obviously there's probably a lot of other advantages to the bible app versus a physical bible but what is your experience is it a physical bible or is it a bible app what is your normal go to when you're reading your bible or studying your bible or even when you're sitting in church And the pastor says, open your Bibles. Do you open a physical Bible? Or do you just take your phone, open a Bible app, and immediately go to the passage that the pastor referenced? Or that the pass or the reference the uh, passage the by the the passage the pastor told you to turn to? Which do you do you just go to your phone and go to that passage? Or do you open a physical Bible? What what is your normal way of doing things in 2023? All right. Now, once you've determined which way you typically operate, and I I would I'm I'm I'm, I think I'm pretty sure 
that well over 50% will say they use their phone. They go to a Bible app. I, I'm, I think that would probably be around, around 60, 70%. I could be wrong because even in my small church in the middle of nowhere, Texas, most people are using their phones. They have physical Bibles present and they may open them, right? But the majority have the a Bible app on their mobile device and that's what they're using. That's what they're utilizing. That's what they're looking up and that's what they're reading. I would, I would say well over, well, maybe not, maybe not. It may be 50-50 in my church now that I'm thinking about it. I don't know. I, I'm, uh, on Sunday, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay close attention to see. But I think I think it's over fifty percent, even in my small church in the middle of nowhere, Texas, which wouldn't be like you know all of these people are you know go go, go to for technology. But I think even most of them have kind of just found themselves adopting and utilizing and using a mobile app for their Bible references, for their Bible reading, for, the, for looking at the Bible passage during a sermon. Now, we may say, well, times change. It's no big deal. And it may not be a big deal. The one thing we have to avoid is because this happens in every generation. When something new comes along, the older generation always like, no, it's bad. I, I remember back in my day, I wish, I, you know, I wish we could go back to the olden days. These new things are destroying our minds. These new things are destroying civilization. Always the older generation points to it as it's evil. It's destructive. We're all going to die. It's the end of the world. We should all be walking to school three miles uphill both ways in the snow barefoot okay that, that that's sometimes the way the older generation and that happens it doesn't matter if it was the 1920s 1930s 1940s doesn't matter if you go back to the 1500s anytime something changed the the, the older generation is always like no 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 the olden days was better the olden day it's, it's weird it's some psychological thing so on one hand does it really matter that most people are going to be using a Bible app versus a physical Bible? Does it matter? Does it have any impact? Does it have any effect in any way, shape, or form? Are you, are you committed to one versus the other? Do you have reservations, concerns? Are you, are you possibly bothered by it? I, 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 I think, I think everyone, I think, and I, I sadly, I think that it comes down to age in some cases, but I think even in my church, many of the older people have now just gone to Bible apps. I think even the older generation has, but it, do, should we be concerned? Should we be worried in any way, shape or form? Well, I just want to kind of present this as a question on this Friday evening. I, you know, you know what I always love to do in this podcast, get you thinking about it, discussing it. But the reason I'm bringing it up, bringing it up is because there is a new book out. There is a new book out, if I can find it. And the new book is entitled People of the Screen. People of the Screen, How Evangelicals Created the Digital Bible and How It Shapes Their Reading of Scripture. The name of the book is People of the Screen, how evangelicals created the digital Bible and how it shapes their reading of scripture. Now, there seems there's really two emphasis in this book. First, 
how, ev- how evangelicals created the digital Bible. It sounds like this book is going to provide some of that history and context and how evangelicals created the digital Bible. Okay, that could be interesting just for a historical context and a historical perspective. But what caught my attention with the name of this book was th- this because the title is People of the Screen, and then it's kind of descript- description underneath it, is how ev- evangelicals created the digital Bible and how it shapes the re- their reading of Scripture. For me, again, the fact that ev- evangelicals created one, that's interesting, but I'm not too concerned with that. It's that next part, how it shapes their reading of Scripture. That caught my attention. That dramatically caught my attention. If you think about it, if I just look at my lifetime, obviously when I became a Christian, everyone was using one of these. Physical Bible. Physical Bible. And and I and I, in a sense, I always love that sound when the pastor would say, you know, open up your Bibles to John chapter 8 and you would hear... Everyone opening a Bible, you could hear all the pages turning. There was just something, I don't know, there, there, there was a, a sense of, there was a beauty to it. I don't know, that may sound corny, that may sound weird, but it, it was almost like everyone here, even though it may only be symbolic and maybe it, it didn't really, it obviously didn't really amount to anything truthful, but at least on the surface, It gave me this feeling that we're all unified. We're all holding the same Bible. We're all opening to the same page. And and it just was symbolic. Now, I know in reality, it didn't matter because everyone holding a Bible, turning to the same page, nobody could agree on anything church split after church split. Okay, we we get the reality. But there was just something at least, there was a, a sense of like, wow, it's so cool that all of these people have the same book and we're all looking at the same page. Now, I know that doesn't, just because people are not all holding a physical copy, it doesn't change that, but you could literally hear it, right? You could hear everyone turning their, their, their Bibles. You could, you could, you could, that sound. Now, I know the sound doesn't mean anything, but, but I remember when I became a Christian, that's the way it was, right? Then as times advanced, well, technology began to advance, obviously, and churches began to change. And many churches started now taking the scripture and posting them on a screen, right? Churches started utilizing multimedia and they had these big screens. And so now people could come to church and maybe they they would still bring a Bible, but in many cases they didn't need to open it because right there on the screen, there would be the scriptures. There would be the, and so the scriptures were projected on a screen and everyone could just look at them. Now, I, I started having some problems with that a little bit. I started having a few problems with that because I started feeling like that people, that, that it almost, at least to me, and, and, I, and I have no statistical proof of this, it seemed to me to start leading to more and more people not really bringing their Bible to church not really bringing their Bible to church, that more and more people started walking into churches without Bibles, right? Like it just started this kind of downward trend. I know some churches started posting the passage of scripture that they would preach from in the church bulletin, 
right? Uh, so now some churches had pew Bibles that where people didn't even have to bring one. They could just say, you grab the pew Bible, we'll be on page 457. And some churches did that, but it just felt like that there was a slow but subtle change happening where more and more people didn't really feel like they need to bring a Bible to church. And I started, and I started having some problems with that because I felt like, no, 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 no. This is church. Everyone should bring their Bible. Everyone should have it. At least that's, that's the way I perceived it. That's at least the way I felt. I felt that there was, where there was a change that was occurring slowly, but surely, right? That it was at least opening the door that you could come to church. The scripture would be thrown on the screen and you would be good to go. All right. Maybe it wasn't as dramatic as I felt. Maybe I over, maybe I exaggerated the danger, but I felt that there was a problem. Well, then obviously we transitioned from that until, well, now everyone has a phone and can download a Bible app and have the entire Bible right there, can have it right there. So we have definitely gone through a change. Now, is that change for the worse? Is that change for the better? How has that change impacted how Christians read the scriptures? Now, again, I'm going to point you to this book. Again, it's called People of the Screen, How Evangelicals Created the Digital Bible and How It Shapes Their Reading of Scripture. How did that change the reading of Scripture? That's what I'm interested in, and I kind of want to throw that out there for you to consider. Here is a, a kind of a description of the book. It, uh, the, it's from Oxford University Press, and here's, here's the description. People of the Screen traces the history of Bible software development, showing the unique and powerful role evangelical entrepreneurs and coders have played in shaping its functionality and how their choice in turn shaped the reading habits of millions of people around the world. This book argues that even evangelical creators have a distinct orientation towards societal change and technology called hopeful entrepreneurial pragmatism. That's a, that's a big word that uniquely positions them to lead the digital Bible market, uh, uh, imbuing their creations with evangelical ways of understanding the nature and purpose of scripture. All right. Maybe, may, okay. That, that, that's interesting. Uh, let's go back. I have a review here of the book. I'm going to read a little bit of the review. All right, here we go. If you're an evangelical of a certain age, you know that peculiar noise that rings throughout a church's sanctuary after the pastor announces the text for this morning's sermon. A a reverberating ripple, a soft shuffling, the vaguely watery timber of individual sheets of thin paper being turned. That's the sound of a congregation opening their Bibles in near unison. The words, I invite you to turn your Bibles, elicit a papery brute that feels unique to Christian churches. Now, that's kind of what I was referring to. I remember that sound, that there was just something unique about it. You know, hey, today we're going to be in Romans 7, John chapter 8, whatever, 1 Corinthians 2. There, there was just something about it. Now, now again, That doesn't mean anything. Just because there was something about it, just because it gave a feeling, just because it gave a vibe, just because I liked it, 
doesn't mean that we have to hold on to it, right? That would be a foolish reason. I'm curious, though, because we because so many people have transitioned to Bible apps, has that impacted how they read the scriptures? That's what I'm more interested in. Let's see what they have to say. Walk into most evangelical churches today, and it won't take long to notice that this page-turning hum is quieter than it used to be, and in some places, total silence has replaced it. The age of the smartphone has meant the age of the Bible app. Many of us no longer turn in our Bibles. We scroll. I, I think that's true. Enter John Dyer's book, People of the Screen, How Evangelicals Created the Digital Bible and How It Shapes Their Reading of Scripture. This scholarly, impressively researched work is both a historical account of the creation of digital Bible technology and a societal and a sociological study of what that technology means to the evangelicals who create, distribute, and use it. Now, again, the historical account I'm not, I mean, I'm just, maybe I have a curiosity of it, but I'm not too concerned. I want to know, though, does this book point us to some kind of major change in how Christians read the scriptures because they're not using a physical Bible, they're using an app? That, that's what I want to know. That's, that's what I'm curious about. Uh, this this review goes on to say, there's a growing number of books about Christianity and technology. People of the Screen is more than that. It's a book about a about a Christian technology and a particular and the particular beliefs and behaviors that make it plausible for a particular people. Along the way, Dyer, a vice president and assistant professor at Dallas Theological Seminary, reveals some fascinating tensions between Christian doctrine and digital tech. They go on to say, People of the Screen is an academic work intended for a broad audience beyond evangelicals. At the, as the book begins, Dyer helps readers define two key concepts. First, he defines the word evangelical. Dyer is careful to acknowledge and mostly avoid the pitfalls that attend such definition. A distracting section on former President Donald Trump notwithstanding, most evangelicals will see themselves accurately in Dyer's framework, which is mostly concerned with one's theological and spiritual view of the Bible. Secondly, Dyer coins the term hopeful entrepreneurial pragmatism, or HEP, to describe the attitude towards technology he finds most common among evangelicals. All right? Now, they talk a little bit about the first part of the book, the history of all of this. And again, I'm not as interested in that. You should get the book to, to read that. Uh, but in the latter half of the book, all right, that 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 first part I'm not going to read about. It's it's interesting. And I'll tell you where you can find this review at. But okay, I'm not, again, I'm not interested in that. Here's the part that they talk about that I'm interested in, all right? The latter half of the book in which Dyer presents his own field study of evangelicals and Bible tech is consistently revealing. The evangelicals' dire interviews have generally optimistic and pragmatic philosophies towards digital tech. That they value the convenience of being able to access access scripture and study aids on one device, and they transparently admit how smart 
smartphone apps help them engage the Bible more regularly. Now, let's stop right here. Now, that's interesting. And 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 I would and this is where we could say has has the access the presence of Bible apps has it changed the way Christians have engaged Scripture in these two ways? It's allowed them to study it in a more in depth way because they have more access to more tools that are right there available to them, and has it led to Christians engaging Scripture on a more regular basis. There's a more regular consistency of engaging and reading Scriptures because it's right there on their phone. Now, studies that I have seen seems to show that people are reading the Bible less and less and less and less and less. Now, we had kind of a a weird uptick there for a brief period of time at the beginning of the pandemic. There was this, all of a sudden, a massive, people were downloading Bible apps, people were buying Bibles. It was like, it was like, whoa, what is happening? But it didn't last. It was very, it was very short-lived. And I, I think churches didn't take really the opportunities there because we started fighting and arguing about COVID restrictions instead of saying, wait a minute, there's a lot of people sitting at home and they're all buying Bibles. How can we start speaking to them? But we were more worried about having drive-up church services to make sure we could get the offering on Sunday. Yeah, okay. I, I digress, but yeah, that, that became an issue. That became an issue. But, but stay with me here. Stay with me. Is it possible, though, that because people now have the Bible on their phone, they read the Bible more and they study it in, an or, in a more in-depth way, more so than they did when they had a physical copy? Now, for me, at least now, now this may be a generational thing, and I and I hate. I hate looking at things through the generational lens. I hate, I can't stand when older people are like, well, the music in my day was better. The movies in my day, just stop. Oh, it drives me crazy, right? It's like some something happens to someone's brain and they get like over 25 or 30 and they're all, all they can think about is the music when I was in high school was so much better and, and it was better to walk to school. And, and it's like, stop with living in the past with this weird I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't, I don't get that kind of way of thinking where people are just stuck in the past. I, I, I don't understand it. Nostalgia. I, I can't stand nostalgia. I can't stand that. So it bothers me. But I always try to see if there's a little bit of it in me in any way, shape, or form. But for me, and I've downloaded so many different Bible apps. I just, for some weird reason, to me. It doesn't lead to more engagement. Like I want to, I want to touch. Like if, when I buy a brand new physical Bible, that leads to more engagement with me. The physical Bible, a physical notebook with a physical pencil, that leads to me to more engagement, versus a a digital copy of the Bible on an iPad or a phone. Now, that's just me. I don't know if that's a generational thing. I'm assuming it has to be. I just like the, I like the touch of a physical book with physical paper and a physical pencil where I'm physically processing it. That, that's, that's my own way of thinking. You, you, may, you, you, may, you may differ. But according to this, at least in the book, he interviews people. Now, just the fact that he interviewed certain people doesn't prove anything. By no means is that a scientific study. I can go find, I can go just interview random people and record their findings. That doesn't necessarily prove anything. 
But I wonder, do we, is there any proof that it's increased engagement with Scripture? Well, I'm going to have to continue to look for studies on this. Uh, they go on to say, uh, what does it mean to engage the Bible? All right. That last verb engage is a hugely important one in people of the screen. Bible engagement is the single most used term by both software developers and users when asked what Bible software apps and programs help them accomplish or, uh, and uh, help them accomplish. So engage the Bible is kind of the new language. Engage the Bible. I engage the Bible. I engage the Bible because of this app. This is significant because engage, unlike words such as meditate or memorize, is vague. Like to engage is vague. Meditate, memorize, study, read. Those are specific. Engage. It's weird that we're using the term engage now, but but I, I think many uh many of the Bible apps, when they when they advertise themselves, they will talk about Bible engagement. They don't use these other terms. Within the attention economy, engage covers a vast array of actions. You can engage with an ad with an ad simply by hovering over it instead of scrolling past it. You can engage a social media post by clicking like and then forgetting it an hour later. So what does Bible engagement actually mean? The consumer's dire interviews gives us some hints. According to Dyer survey, 45% of evangelicals use their phones to read scripture devotionally. All right. Now, I don't know exactly what it means to read devotionally, but clearly that's not some serious engagement. That's not some serious involvement. All right. But that number drops to 22% when the activity is long reading, 17% for memorization. And here we go. Are you ready? Only 6% for study. <laughs> so, so for those who are using the Bible apps, it seems like they're using the Bible apps for devotional purposes, some kind of just basic thing. But when it comes to long reading, when it comes to memorization, and when it comes to study, when it, by the time you get to using the app for actual study, it drops down to 6%. Dyer study also indicates Bible apps and software tend to work against deep knowledge and responsiveness to scripture. As part of his research, Dyer administrated a Bible comprehension assessment using the epistle of Jude to two different groups of evangelical readers, one reading from a printed Bible and one reading from a phone's Bible app. Comprehension was noticeably lower among the digital group. After the reading assignment, 44% of the print group reported feeling encouraged and 16% reported feeling confused. These stats were very different among the digital group. 36% 36% felt encouraged, 30% felt confused. Dara observes that the screen appears to induce a mood that is more confused and less spiritually nourished than that indicated by print Bibles. All right, that's, that's interesting. Does Bible app lower Bible comprehension? And if so, why? 
hmm, I wonder. So I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a way to tangibly prove this. All right. Um, the virtue of Bible apps, of course, is that they make scripture easier to access for a huge number of people. And there's much evidence throughout people of the screen that ease of access results in more scripture reading. All right. So he seems to say that people are reading it more, but it seems that they're reading it in a much more shallow surface level way. Dyer's research helpfully amplifies the voice of those who have labored on digital Bible technology, and all of them express genuine reverence for God's word and a desire for people to be transformed by it. There's no question the riches of the Bible are reaching greater number of people due to digital technologies, and this fact deserves much better than unthinking nostalgia or or anything else. I, I agree with that. Nonetheless, the portrait that emerges from both the history and data and people of the screen is one in which digital Bible technology presents as a commodity. Its very shape exhibits a logic of consumption. When the Bible is pressed into the form of a smartphone display, it becomes less uh, an object of deep reflection and source of corporate authority and more like everything else on the internet. Content meant to be consumed efficiently, then bounced away from just as fast. Wow. So according to this, the argument is when it's on your screen, it's just whether you intend it or not, it just becomes other content on your phone, right? Because you look at your phone all day. And you just you look at it and you bounce away from it fast. You're there, tap, go to something else. Boom, tap, go to something else. Boom, tap, go to something else. You probably can't even remember at the end of the day half of the things you even looked at on your phone. Think of all the time you spent on your phone looking at it. And then by the end of the day, what did you actually look at? You probably won't even remember half of it. Well, they're saying that the, once the Bible gets pressed down into that screen, it's just viewed as, as they see it, Uh, It just becomes like anything else on the internet. Content meant to be consumed efficiently and bounced away from fast. It loses, it's not, it doesn't, it's not viewed as content for deep reflection or some kind of authority. It's just something you look at. Reading the Bible is obviously a good thing, but mindless, distracted reading, the kind of reading particularly endemic to the digital medium isn't commanded and is actually warned against in James chapter one, verses 23 through 24. There's nothing in scripture that suggests engaging the Bible in a passive way is of any benefit. Rather, Christians are exhorted to meditate on God's word day and night, much like the roots of a tree constantly drink from a string stream of water. Evangelicals as a whole don't tend to evaluate their technology according to what it is, but according to what it can do. We welcome the medium as long as we feel we can control the message. But with the digital Bible reading, research suggests that Marshall uh, McCullen was right. The medium is the message. The information and people of the screen should encourage evangelicals to keep investing in their physical Bibles to keep prioritizing quiet, undistracted times of hearing from God, even when such opportunities are less frequent than we would like. There's a place for the ease and utility of our Bible apps, but we're physical beings 
who must remain attentive to the inescapable physicality of the word of the world God has made. And then it ends with, I invite you to keep turning in your Bibles. Wow. Now, the name of the book is People of the Screen by John Dyer, How Evangelicals Created the Digital Bible and How It Shapes the Reading of the Scripture. You can read the entire review that I didn't read all of it uh, by going to the gospelcoalition.org, the gospelcoalition.org. Um, if, if you want to be able to access this article quickly, um, if you go to our Faith Life page, you can download the app, Faith Life. See, once again, I'm pointing you to technology, right? But if you go to the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, download Faith Life, Faith Life, all run together, Faith Life. It's a, it's a, it's a, got a green background with like a white flame. And you click on, once you download the app, look for Theology Central. Look for the one that's Theology Central, the church. There is Theology Central, the radio program. I don't know where that came from. It's using our logo, but I don't control it. The one that's labeled a church. Join uh, that and you can read the article right there. I've posted it right there. Um, it's kind of a little place where we can post information and, and discuss things. So, um, yeah, if you would like to download the Faith Life app. But so, how do you feel about this? I guess I'll just kind of stop it right there. How do you feel about this? Now, I, I've tried to put forth this argument. Now, at this point, I had not read any studies. I had not done any serious research, but I've kind of maintained this perspective. Even though I don't in any way criticize anyone in my church for having a, a Bible app on their phone and utilizing it, sometimes I'm glad they have it because a lot of times I'm wanting people to look for things and having those apps are helpful. I like people, I, I prefer people using the Bible app as a tool. Like when I'm like, okay, guys, uh, who can find this verse? And then they can just grab the app and do a search and look for it that way. Now, it'd be great. It would be better if they could find it in their physical Bible. It would be, wouldn't it be great if you say, so where did Jesus say this? And people are like, boom, 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 boom. Here it is. But now it's like, nope, I'm just going to look up a couple of keywords in my app and find it. So in some way, to me, I, I remember a time where you could ask people and they knew where it was in their actual Bibles. Now it's like, I don't know where it is, but give me a keyword to search and I'll, key, I'll, I'll do a keyword search and I'll, it'll pull up immediately on my Bible app. Well, that's great, but shouldn't you know where to find things, <laughs> right? I mean, shouldn't you know your Bible? It's, it's, in some ways, it feels like to me that Bible knowledge has decreased. It hasn't increased. I see all of people with all of these apps, but I don't see that people's Bible knowledge has increased. I think it's decreased. That's my own personal opinion. I could be wrong because I think there was a time that I could ask people in my church where things were, and I felt like that they had a greater grasp. Now it's like, uh, hang on, let me... Let me do a search on my Bible app. Oh, it's in Matthew 5. And I'll be like, oh, you found it. And they're like, well, I mean, I, I searched for it. Okay, well, never mind. I was, I was so excited that someone could find it. Okay. But I, this is my feeling. What I was getting ready to say there is this. My fear has been, you look at your phone literally all day. Literally, it's attached to you. It's almost like surgically connected to your hand. People look at it, look at it, look at it. Text, messages, news articles. 
news alerts, amber alerts, you just name whatever it may be, weather alerts, forecast, just all day, social media posts, just all day. And when you're using that device, looking at it all day, and at some point you switch over to looking at scripture on it, to me, there's no way psychologically that your mind is going to go stop, 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 stop. You're now looking at God's word. Whoa, 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 show some reverence, show some respect. This is just not internet content that you engage in quickly and efficiently, and then you bounce away as fast as you can. Your mind is not going to be able to, your mind is not, it's going to look at it like it looks at everything else on that screen. That's why I've said, I think it's even more important today to go actually buy a physical Bible so that when you engage with scripture, you set that device aside and you only pick it up when you need it for, I'm going to look up the Greek, I'm going to look up the Hebrew, I'm going to do some cross-referencing. You use it as a reference tool. But your, your time reading and studying, your time listening to a sermon, you're using this. You're using, because it immediately feels different. Right, it, it, that feels that feels different. See, it, I have this in my hand all day, right? But when it's time for 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 God's word, see, as soon as I touch this, that's so different. Like it, it's almost like I've entered into a foreign world. That smell. Because this is a newer Bible, the smell, the touch. When when I I'm gonna lean down here. When when I grab my journal, when I grab my pencils, and I start engaging, it's like something different is happening. It 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 just reminds me that this is different. But if I'm over there on my iPad, look using the Bible app, maybe cutting and pasting things into my notes section on my iPad. It just feels like it's no different than anything else I've looked at on my iPad. You may say, no, no, no. I don't view it that way, but I just feel psychologically it's you're in, you're incapable. I don't think you're incapable of making that distinction at a deep level. Maybe, maybe you can convince yourself, but I think, I think we have to get back to a physical copy. I think we have to get back to a physical copy because I think what happens is the Bible just becomes another commodity, another just more internet content. We look at it quickly and we bounce. We look at it quickly and we bounce. Not time to reflect, not time to think, not time to engage, not time to study. Maybe you look at it quickly and devotionally, but you're not. And so I've got all kinds of Bible apps and I recommend some of those Bible apps. I I recommend the Blue Letter Bible app all day, every day. I tell people to use it sometimes when they're busy. Let it read it to the chapter to you five or six or seven times. But I think that this, at least this book review seems to indicate there, there's at least surface level research maybe warning us that this is not having the positive impact that maybe we thought that it would. And that when we hear the term Bible engagement, that may not mean what we think it does. Now, again, let me go back. Now I'm opening my iPad because, well, that's where the article is. The name of the book is People of the Screen, How Evangelicals Created the Digital Bible and How It Shapes Their Reading of Scripture. 
And if you go to Amazon, you can get it for $15 on your Kindle, $23 for a hardcover. Um, There doesn't seem to be a paperback. And it is... It doesn't tell me how many pages. Um, I was hoping. Hang on. 272 pages. So it's a quick read. 272 pages. 272 pages. And the gospelcoalition.org is where you can read the rest of the review because I skipped some of it. There you have it. I would love to get your thoughts. Bible app or Bible? Now, I don't want to look at it from like, well, back in my day, I don't want to do that. But I do want us to look at it from this perspective. If it has a negative impact, like your comprehension is lower when using a digital app of the, that would scare me to death. Your engagement really just amounts to a digital, a devotional surface level. You're not really studying. You're not really meditating. You're not memorizing. You're just barely engaging. That that should scare me to death. Look, I already have a sinful nature. That's already a problem. The last thing I need is now have a, uh, my my Bible reading, my Bible time is being done in a way that is having even less impact on me than, well, the actual physical copy has on me because obviously my sinful nature is always fighting against anything I'm engaging in already. I don't need the very device that I'm using to engage scripture to be working against me as well. Now, you may disagree with the research in the book. You may disagree. And I think age here is going to be massively, is going to come into play here. Younger people are going to be like, oh, just just shut up. That's old people talk. And I understand that. But I think young people, if you'll just take five seconds to think about it, how much time a day are you looking at that phone? Don't you think it would be awesome to have 30, 45 minutes, an hour where the phone is turned off? And you're engaging in the eternal, infallible, inspired. And when I say eternal, God is eternal, right? His inspired, infallible, inerrant word. Maybe that's a better way to put it. God is eternal. The eternal God and the word he has given to us. I don't know why I said eternal. In a sense, eternal in the sense that heaven and earth will fade away, but the word of God will abide forever in that, in that sense have to clarify what I was saying. But don't don't you think it would be... I, put it this way. I think it, it would have to benefit you because it would at least give you a break from looking at the screen. I, th- I think it would have to be beneficial. I, I would think it would have to be beneficial. That's, that's my feeling. That's, I think it would have to be beneficial. You can let me know what you think. News, if at yahoo.com. News, if see now I'm sitting here touching all of the all the physical books and messing with everything. News, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. I'd love to get your thoughts about all of this. Love, 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 love to. Please email me. News, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. Or download the Faith Life app. 
and then search for Theology Central. Choose the Theology Central that's a church. And, uh, well, you can talk about it there as well. All right, thanks for listening. Newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a good night. God bless.